0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 7th of March in the year 2023, and the session prior to the one yesterday, I mentioned a report. Which many sadly mistranslate. And the report is in Saeih Bukhari, Riyadh Salihin number ninety-seven. Abdullah Ibn Abbas عنهما, he relates that our beloved Messenger said wal-faragh." There are two blessings in which many people magbuna health and free time. So a lot of brothers and sisters, they translate this as saying that many are losers with regards to health and free time. But so like I mentioned the word magboon it literally means two things. It means a transaction in which you ha- you have lost so either you've sold a product which is worth far more, making you a loser. Or you bought a product far too high, again making you a loser. Then al means you then feel grief over that. That is the word which the Prophet was referring to when he said, There are two blessings in which many people maghboonan. So it simply means that you have been compared to a trader and your health and free time you've squandered, (laughs) i.e., making you a loser full of grief. (laughs) And then I mentioned a report in which the Prophet mentioned that you should be quick in doing good deeds. (laughs) The hadith is in Tirmidhi Hassan Riyadh Salihin, number 578, and he mentions that Allah. That are you waiting for seven afflictions? Are you waiting for poverty? Which will make you unmindful of devotion? illa <laughs> fakr So what does this mean? Our beloved messenger he warned In Bayhaqi in Ishaq al-Iman, number 6336 Poverty is not far from unbelief Poverty is not far from unbelief so this is the answer meaning for the destitute may fall into the calamity of objecting to the almighty's decree to prefer some of his servants over others in provision so the scholars they point out that if you complain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you more to complain about and then one of the scholars, Sheikh Hamza, mentioned that he was in one of the Gulf countries, and a taxi driver was—he was complaining about the price of uh, petrol. And <laughs> Sheikh Hamza mentioned to him, "He goes, you should do shukr." And then he says, "But well, he wouldn't, because he was complaining about how it's risen in price." So, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? He's increased it because He has something more for you to complain about. Mm. So, we are our own worst enemies. Mm. If you do shukr, Allah gives you more. If you complain, Allah gives you more to complain about. Mm. So, the Muslims traditionally did not complain, they realized they're only harming themselves. Now, every corner you turn, people are complaining. I haven't got this, I haven't got that, this, that. So that the last sunnah is to give you more to complain about. Eventually, what will happen? You'll fall into unbelief. Why did the Prophet Wasallam say? Poverty is not far from unbelief. Meaning, you are now heading on that path. And the word kufr, it means ingrate. That's the actual correct translation. Ingrate, the complete opposite of being in gratitude. So why is a kafir called in Arabic, the complete opposite of the one who is doing shukr, because he's in ingratitude. Then how great a tribulation is wealth, in which one sees many drowned in their materialism, having now little time for Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> then how much grief does one suffer when one loses one's health, or becomes aged and can now no longer do various deeds and all of these things were mentioned by the prophet in this hadith in Tirmidhi sallallahu alaihi consider the tragic case of al-aisha abu basir so this is recorded in ibn hisham in his Sina page 190 of the english translation half is ibn hisham he said rahmatullah al ashah of banu ka's ibn talaba he went out with the intention of meeting rasulullah sallallahu alaihi to embrace islam on his way, he composed a poem in praise of the Prophet. So, picture the scene this man, he's thinking, I'm going to meet Rasulullah, I'm going to embrace Islam. And he's doing a poetry in praise of the Prophet. When he was in Makkah or close to it, he was met by a polytheist from the Quraysh who inquired why he was here. He goes, What are you doing here, O Al Asha? And he explained, because I'm here to see Rasulullah to embrace Islam. The polytheist said, O oh Abu Basir, he forbids adultery. He responded, I have no desire for adultery. The polytheist said, he forbids wine. Al Ashas responded, As for this, i have a desire for it then he started to reflect he said i will return next year in order to quench my thirst from it those next year i will embrace islam he thus returned and he passed away hence never came back to rasulullah so here's the example what did the Prophet say? Oh mautan mujhiza. Are you waiting for sudden death which will seize you without warning? So this is what Shaitan does. If he can't stop you, he will try to slow you down. And this person, first he pressed the button of adultery, because I have no need for that. But when he mentioned intoxicants, he goes, I have a need for that. And he goes, if it's haram, it's better for me to you know. Have a year full of intoxicants and then I'll come and, you know, embrace Islam. Get my, you know, you know, my nafs content with it. And then what happened? So what do you learn? You learn is that you always have to be quick. i.e., In terms of turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One cannot rest in the world. Why? Because the Prophet are allowed they said said, only the recipient of amnesty can rest. Mm-hmm. Only the recipient of amnesty can rest. This is in Imam Musnad Tabarani, Bazar ibn Asaqil, Abu Nu'im. What does that mean? The Prophet was saying <laughs> alayhi wasalam, if you've been given the glad tidings of success, you can relax. <laughs> Have any of us been given the glad tidings of success? No. So the Prophet saying, then why are you resting? <laughs> Only, and was shocking, those who were given the glad tidings, did they rest. <laughs> and what's interesting, many Muslims say, if I was given the glad tidings, I would rest. And the answer to that is your eye. You've actually confirmed the hadith of the Prophet. But why didn't those who were given the recipient of amnesty? why did they not rest? Because they understood that you have to be constantly in shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the scholars said, shakir means to thank every now and again. Shukur means to thank always. (coughs) So when a person is shakir, that's good. But he hasn't got it constantly. Shukur is constantly thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who received amnesty, they were in shukur. Abu Bakr Siddiq, Umar al-Khattab, Uthman ibn Afan, Ali ibn Abu Talib, Zubair, Talha, etc., etc., radiyallahu Who does Allah tala call Abdun Shakur? Nuh. And again, the translation, you know, you can't blame the translators because you know the Arabic language is so vast and rich. You get the translation, grateful servant. Well, that's me and you. Right? What's special about that? The translation is, he was, on, right? he was constantly, incessantly thanking his Lord. He mm-hmm. was so, constantly, incessantly thanking his Lord. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Allah said, This was Nuh. Salatu wa mm-hmm. So, you get people, they got pajamas on and then they're in the workplace. Mm-hmm. That's how I once gonna describe this. <laughs> Why do you got pajamas and you're working? Where's your overalls, where's your suit, where's your tie? So that means something's gone wrong, something's broke down. (laughs) One cannot rest in the world. It is a place of preparation and action. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, what did he say? In Ahmad in his number 846, There is no rest for the believer. Until he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high. Subhanallah. <laughs> there is no rest for the believer. Until he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high. <laughs> so you get people and he goes, it's chill out time, is it? And he goes, and you, your response should be, oh, have you got the receipt? Because <laughs> we for what? I'm misty. <laughs> so we're talking about huh? He goes, no, have you got the, you know, Allah said that you've you passed. No. Then you can't chill <laughs> out. Have you met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What do you mean have I met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Have you died? Have met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. Then there's no rest. Ibn Masood said that. <laughs> <radiyallahu>. <laughs> Meaning is a constant struggle until you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at Sayyidina Umar. <laughs> what did the earnest well wishes try to do to him? <laughs> He goes, wear better clothes, eat better food. Mm. And what was his famous response? He says, I know you are my well wishes meaning you are sincere. But my two companions have trod a path. I have to trod the same path, then I will meet them. Mm. So what was he saying? He goes, this is not the place mm. I to what you are asking me to do. Mm. I've got to follow the, the torchbearers. And he followed them and he joined them. Mm. Umar was once at a funeral and then suddenly he was lost in his thoughts. Radiallahu. So somebody approached him because Amir al what's on your mind? He goes, soon you will hear Umar has died. <coughs> soon you will hear Umar has died. <laughs> has he not died? <laughs> and yet, we look back with fondness now at his life. But when he was going through those troubles, people don't see that. He goes, take it easy Amir al Right? So we now are on the stage. The world is a stage. We are the actors. The actors, they have gone. <laughs> you know, the Quran says, they have got what they have earned. And you will get what you have earned. <clears throat> Zuhud, abstinence, coupled with taqwa, makes a man or woman of substance. How do we know? In Ahmad in his <laughs> Musnad, Abu anhu, he relates that, our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you are no better than a red or black person, except in taqwa and zuhd. If you excel them in one of the two, then you have excelled. So, what two things did the Prophet Wasallam say makes you better than somebody else? Did he say money? Mm. No. Did he say property? Mm. Did he say comb? Which comb you belong to? <laughs> did he say a color of your skin? <laughs> Did you say your education? Mm-hmm. Baqwas. Mm-hmm. Right? The Prophet said, taqwa and zuhud. That was makes you great in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what's taqwa? Taqwa is a light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which settles in the heart, in which you obey His commands. Mm-hmm. And what is zuhud? Zuhud is to abstain. Mm-hmm. It's a fad zuhud, which is the kiba of the haram. And there's a highly praiseworthy zuhud to keep out of everything that takes you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And specifically about the abstinent, Mu'ad ibn Jabal anhu that in Ahmad and his <laughs> Muslim, those who are closest to me are the ones who are the most abstinent, no matter who or where they are. So the Prophet highlighted one of the two traits, zuhud. He goes, those who do most least with the world, takes the least from the world, he is closest to me. Mm. So if you look at the Khilaf al Rashidin, did they take anything from the world? Mm. None of them. Abu Bakr didn't take nothing. Umar didn't <coughs> take nothing. People think Uthman took something. But he didn't take nothing either. Ali didn't take anything. Mm. Then you go down the ranks. Then suddenly the Sahaba, some of them start taking. Mm. So for instance, Salman al-Farisi, the Lord, when he was on his deathbed, he was weeping. And one of the 10 from his paradise, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas came to see him. So somebody greater has come to somebody junior. The junior is dying, but he's still a senior sahab. So Sa'ad goes, why are you weeping? <laughs> because you're a companion of Rasulullah. And you've got all these virtues. He mentioned some of his virtues. So Salman al-Farsi الله, said, what about these snakes? <laughs> So Sa'ad looks around and there's just pots and puns. A you know, little pot here, a little pun here. And then he says, We know that Rasulullah said that the most beloved of you to me will be those who I will see again in the same state I left them. This is what happened, Sa'ad. When we left Rasulullah, he said, We had nothing. He goes, What about these snakes? So why were they talking, why were they calling pots and snakes? Because the Prophet said it. Those who are closest to me are those who are the most abstinent, no matter who or where they are. Why? Because there's a Hadith where the Prophet said, Allah said, Some will come to my grave, I've got nothing to do with them. And others are so far away and they are very close to me. Some people think that if I go to the grave, I'm blessed. You might not be blessed. Drowning in dunya, and you go to the prophet. Right? And what's interesting, iman kicks in when you visit the prophet. So what do I mean by that? You'll get people who will start suddenly following the sunnah. Topi comes out. Never see what hat before, brother. Yeah, I'm going to see the prophet. Anna. Stubble. Five o'clock shadow starts happening. What's happening? Be shameful. Isn't it? I'm going to see the prophet. That's good. So why are you doing all that? Because you are ashamed to meet the Prophet. Mm. Which one of us say, I can't go to the Prophet. Why? I'm drowning in dunya. Mm. It's shameful. Mm. This was the saab. Think about that. They took nothing. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Consider the following most informative conversation related by Hafiz ibn Kayyim in his Uddatul Sabirin Excellence of Patience and Gratefulness verse 61-2 to 2 of the English Translation A man said to one of the ascetics, amazed by his lack of interest in the world, I have never witnessed anyone who is more self-denying than you. The ascetic replied, Rather, you are more self-denying than I. How? For I have no interest in the world, which has neither permanence nor loyalty, whilst you are not interested in the hereafter. Hence, which one of us is truly more self-denying? Wassalam. Mm. So this is you know, Bachari ne, bachari kum. He said, I've never seen anybody like you. Don't say that to the pious. They don't like it. Mm. Crackpots like it. Yes, you're right, brother. Mm. Right? So when this man came to an ascetic, he was I've never seen anybody like you. You are the most ascetic. So instead of him saying, Allah why are you praising me? He said, you are more amazing. Mm. And he goes, how am I more amazing? How am I more self-denying? He goes, I haven't got interest in the world. But it's temporal anyway. You're not interested in the hereafter. It's the eternal about?" He goes, who is the most abstinent? And he walked off. <laughs> so what is that telling you? He's telling you is, how many Zahids are there in the world? <laughs> but <then> the Zahids, <laughs> the wrong Zahids, they're not interested in akhirat. One of the Salaf, he said, if the hereafter was mud and mortar, bricks and mortar, and this world was like paradise, but it ended, he goes, I would still work for my akhirat. But it's not bricks and mortar. So what was he saying? Look how they were thinking. Because imagine you're in the world and it's jannah. Biryani comes out, hey, where did that come from? <laughs> right? You know, you no know, thing that you just ask is there. And you're in that state, imagine in the world. And you this is your world. Yeah. I can fly, yeah, I can go over, I can do whatever I want. And then suddenly, somebody says to you, yeah, but you're going to have to leave this place, aren't you? It's good to, you know, be good to hear that. <laughs> you're going to have to leave this place. And you're going to go to a place, and he describes dunya to you because it's going to be cold, you're going to have to work, you're going to have to pay bills, you get council tax every year, it's coming around again, right? So you're going to get this, you're going to get problems, you're going to get headaches, you're going to get ill, but you're there forever. What did the Sheikh say? Even in paradise, I would work for that, because that's eternal. But it's not, because I'm in dunya, I'm in the toilet now. Allah is telling you, paradise is waiting eternal. I'm still dragging my feet. So, what's that telling you? We've lost it. He blew a fuse. Right? The only way that can be correct is if you don't believe in the hereafter. Then you're kafir. So there's no ifs so, but. Either you believe in it or you don't. If you don't believe in it, do what you want. But if you believe in it, there's something wrong with you. How beautiful were the words of Ibn al-Mubarak when he said, this is in Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar, in his Bahjat al-Majalis 3, 313. I see men who are content without religion, but I do not see them content in life. (laughs) Those be rich with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the world and his kings, just like the kings feel rich with their world from religion. You know, if you listen to the pious, you think, they're on another level. (laughs) What did he say? You know we hear it you think oh, you on, slow down this is normal speech for them we have to slow down because we we'll go ah baba ah khana, khana. Mm. right so Ibn al-Mubarak what did he say I see men who are content without religion meaning the unbelievers they are happy mm. but I don't see them content in life isn't that true mm. they haven't got deen. are they truly content they might look but they are not this see mm. then he said those Be rich with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the world and his kings. He goes, you don't need the world, you don't need the kings. Be content with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just like the kings feel rich with their world instead of religion. And this was a poem. (coughs) Imagine he's saying it in a poem as well. He goes, what's happened? And this was in the time of the salaf, why would he say, you, you won't know what's going on. How true were the words of our beloved messenger? Now, think about this. The Prophet said, Allah, said something very interesting. Disinterest in the world generates comfort to the body and heart, whilst interest in the world prolongs woody and distress. Recorded by Hafiz ibn Kayyim in his Uddat al sabirin Excellence of Patience and Gratefulness, page 365, the English translation. So, what was our beloved messenger saying, Sir Allah? If you take even baby steps, you start detaching yourself from dunya, that will generate comfort to your body and heart. What's another word for that? Contentment. You want to be content, detach. But then he said, Sir Allah, but interest in the world prolongs woody and distress. If you attach, you're gonna get ill. You see people, look, you know, bags under their eyes, black faces, vowels gone, they go to turkey to a hair transplant. You know, what's happened to you? World. <laughs> I dived in. And similarly, our beloved messenger said, said, nowadays, said, When a person fails to do good deeds, then Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala puts him to trial through worries. Subhanallah. It's recorded by Hafiz ibn Kayyim in is Uddat al-Sabideen, Excellence of Patience and Gratefulness, page 365 of the English translation. Why do we do good deeds? You ask a person, why is Allah, Allah giving you millions and billions and trillions of good deeds? Because he wants you to be happy. Okay. Takes his heart off, because you're going to have to explain that one, brother. right? And he goes, all right. Are you happy with the Prophet's statement? No. 100%, what did he say? If you don't do good deeds, you're going to be put into distress. Allah Ta'ala is afflict you with woodies. Then you ask that person, have you got problems in your life, brother? And then he goes, Yeah. Why is that then? I'm not doing good deeds, right? This is what Allah does. He goes, You don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm gonna give you woodies. So wouldn't it be better to do good deeds? Right? somebody goes, I don't want to be a, I don't want to live a stressful life. Do good deeds. And then a person goes, yeah, but I You've got a million of these, brother. You might not be generous. Okay, Stop fasting. But I not I, I like to eat. Right? Right? Then what about salat? Tajit? Dua? Yeah, but I struggle with farad. Mm-hmm. What about zikr, brother? You can do that in your bed? No, but brother, zikr is you know, hard on the nafs. <coughs> brother, you're doomed. <laughs> right? and the line is kindness. He gives all these. And this is why it's rare to have a person with all those qualities. There are exceptions. In Sayyidh Muslim, the Prophet said, these are the gates of paradise. Abu Bakr Siddiq said, he is fortunate, Ya Rasulullah, who can go through any of those gates. But Can anybody go through any of those gates? He goes, yes. And inshallah, you're one of them. Abu Bakr was the perfect man. Now you show me any hadith where he was worried. Was he depressed? You know, he was worried. What about Zakir? Oh, that's from my alphabet Show me, where was he depressed? Where was he? He was doing his deeds. He hadn't got time. Mm-hmm. There's one magnificent deed that blasts depression out of the water. <laughs> the Prophet said in ahmad Jihad eliminates depression. <laughs> now, this is actually a hadith. Now, what is interesting about that? You haven't got time to worry, <laughs> you didn't jihad, bullets are flying over your head. But the council text, don't worry about flipping cow of thy brother, be bullets flying over me, bloody head. Right? And there's the beauty of jihad. It puts everything back in perspective. Don't worry about that. When, when will a Muslim say to you today, don't worry about council tax. Right? He'll only say it if he's doing his deeds. Don't worry about that. Do <laughs> you get things to worry about, brother? So here the Prophet said it, وسلم, when a person fails to do good deeds Allah puts him to trial through worries. Where are the Muslims as a whole most happiest? Which time of the year? Ramadan. Ramadan. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Allah doesn't give him a choice. For the th- <laughs> In other words you'll you be squirming about 11 months. Not having it now. You're going to fast. Right? Forcing you. The guy, you see him first seven days, ah, 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 coming there. Tarabi as well, ah, oh, ah, oh, tarabi, right? And then what happens, suddenly, you know, he starts calming down and then you see a smile come on his face. I see him smile for a while, what's happening here? as alaikum, alaykum, I salam as well, what's going on here? How's your family? He's another brother, another person. Coming to the end of Ramadan, what happens? He starts feeling grief because he knows what's coming. <laughs> he goes fasting goes out and window." Talabi, Khuda, forget Talabi. Fajr goes. Eid Mubarak, you see the faces of Eid in it, right? One of the scholars, (laughs) I think it was uh, Sheikh Siraj Wahaj. There was a huge gathering for Eid. And he goes, put your hand up who attended Fajr. (laughs) Right? Just a few hands went up. (laughs) And then he goes, doesn't take long for Shaitan to start awakening, does it? (laughs) Right? Imagine it, not even 12 hours, hours have passed. Shaitan's been released. He goes, couple of hands. And in Ramadan, what happens? You go to Fajr, they think, Amazing. it's a bit strange, what's happening? Everybody's wide awake as well. Why? Because they had their sali, right? Right, and there you go, It's a wahdullah. Those as the Honorable Hafiz ibn Kayim said, Rahmatullah worry and grief comes from two sources. Firstly, interest in the world and the desire to acquire material and the negligence of good and righteous deeds. So Ibn Kayyim, who's a master of the heart, Rahmatullah, he goes, This is where it comes from. Your interest in dunya and material and neglecting good deeds. So a person goes, I've got both of them. He goes, You're going to be stressed. Right? You're know, really stressed. So if you want to live a stress-free life, do what the Prophet said to finish. What did he say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? In Beihaki in Shu'ab al Iman number 10,141, Al qudai in his Musnad number 268, detachment from the world rests the heart and body, whilst desire for the world increases woodies and sorrows, and idleness hardens the heart. So the Prophet Wasallam, said if you want to be healthy, stress free. Stress-free, they attach. Mm. If you want woodies and sodos to follow you like flies on excrement, Mm. attach. Mm. Then he says, idleness hardens the heart. Meaning, don't just be lazy. Mm. Abdullah ibn Masood famously said, I hate the person who's not working for the world or the akhirat. Because I hate that person. Mm. I guess from people, at least they're working for the world. You no, know, they've jumped in deepened, But at least they're doing something, aren't they? <laughs> then you get another person do deep deepen into the akhirat MashaAllah eh? Then you get a strange scenario What's he doing? <laughs> he's box sets <laughs> Six, what, what, what do you mean box sets? Box sets That's what he does Watches his these pieces. <laughs> don't leave house <laughs> That's not What would he be most, because he's, he's lost <laughs> So, So, all I mentioned today was again talking about the issue of the two great blessings which many foolishly barter without any sense, and that is health and free time. Are there any questions, Felada? سبھالا بحمد ازبانک اللہم و بحمدک اشلو اللہ الاخرین اللہ انت اصلاف من الشیطان عجیب سبحانہ ربکا لبیل عزت ایمہ اسفون و سلامنا للمرسلین و الحمدللہ رب العالمین بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحمن الرحیم و الاسل خسر آمنوا وعمل وعصب الحق وعصب